Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, a podcast coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 28, the Punchboarders talk about recent plays, reach into the mailbag and answer a question, and then draft our top games from 2014. Hi, everybody. I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. And I'm Richie. I'm jealous of you guys. You guys got to get in way more gaming than I did this past weekend or a couple weekends ago now, I guess. But I, I'm, I'm really jealous. Yeah, You guys went to Great Plains Festival in Lincoln and just played games constantly while I was a responsible bunny and worked, worked, worked. Well, we didn't just play games. We ate some really good food. All right. Really good food. <laughs> Where? Where did you guys go for food? That, that, I mean, it's Lincoln. Um, Is there... Honest Abe's. Honest Abe's, which yeah. that was probably the really good food. And then yeah. Da Vinci, which was, it's edible. Yeah. It's good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What? Oh, this, well, we had going to tell me about inferior pizzas? Well, I'll tell you, we, we had this debate, okay? My friends Ryan and Dan from across the board, they got two pizzas. Um, any guess what kind of pizza Dan bought? Godfather's. No, no, no. At Da Vinci's, what type? Toppings. He's still. Toppings. I would. I would actually believe that Dan still ordered Godfather's in Da Vinci's. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he did beef pizza. The the man just lives on beef pizza. Did he make sure that they so, were cut out in the size of little Pizza Hut insignias? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a I, whole other story. That is yes. a whole other story. But I also want to hear. Uh, at some point, we'll we'll do a whole podcast on all the other Dan, uh, urban myths that Dan believes is true. <laughs> but anyway, m- moving on. Tell me about Da Vinci's. And then it's so, okay. So Dan got a beef pizza, and Ryan got a pepperoni and cream cheese pizza. Ugh. I, I will tell you right now, I had a piece of both of them, and the beef pizza was not all that good. It was kind of, eh. No, I mean, we got there kind of late, too. They were yeah. really closing up shop. It's true. <laughs> so we got yeah. some subpar. That's right, because you got like burnt bacon on your pizza. Right, but... which was still edible, because okay. bacon is just good no matter what, <laughs> even if it's burnt. Yeah, but anyway, so that the pepperoni and cream cheese was like 10 times better than the beef pizza. Well, okay, but the, you know that might not be that might not be saying much. I'm just, it was not (laughs) bad. Our friend Pete, his brother owns Pizza West and they do do a cream cheese uh, pizza. Oh, that's that's right. So that's what, that's what I would really be. That's not too far from work for me. So So, yeah, we got to get in some more of that. Fast forward. Tell me about this Honest Abe's. I don't want to hear about inferior pizza anymore. Okay. Well, I don't know what else you want to hear about Honest Abe's. The burger was amazing. Fantastic burgers. And I got a, a banana Rama milkshake, which was delicious. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Did you get a milkshake? No, I didn't get a milkshake. No, I, I was going right to go get a milkshake, Banana-rama. but there was like a thousand people in line. What song is? What song does Banana Rama do? Is that Hazy Shade of Winter? <laughs> that's the Bengals. Oh. Let's get it right here. Yeah, but, oh, sorry. Well, but Banana Rama did something. Uh, I don't know. know. <laughs> All right. No okay. Don't, okay, we're done because everybody is waiting. They don't want to hear about inferior pizza and All right, burnt fine. bacon. We, Tell we, us about games that you played. We played some games. Well, <laughs> we started off. Uh, well, first, I mean, yeah. Clef really just tried to break my brain this weekend. When we knew we were going to go to Great Plains, he said, hey, let's get in feud. And I said, that's perfect. That's, you know, that's a good con game where we'll have a whole day, learn the rules and whatnot. Then about two days before, I get a text message and says, and I'm thinking about doing Arkwright too. <laughs> on the morning yeah. of because the con the con didn't open to like two right two yeah, p.m. two or three something on Friday like that. yeah and I had the day off Clef was off and Josh was off so we met here at around 9 30 a.m. yeah something like that yeah. somewhere on there and we had to wait for Josh to get back with the donuts right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we started <laughs> good job putting Josh on donut duty <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Clef's plan 
for uh, Friday morning before we got to the con was Arkwright, Kemet, and what was the other one? Vasco da Gama. Yeah. So those three games, and this is our first play of Arkwright, those three games he wanted to get in before we got down to the con. How did that go? Well, we got in one game <laughs> of Arkwright. Arkwright. Yes. Arkwright. All right. Well, it took a little bit longer than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But that was that didn't turn out to be a bad thing, right? I mean, oh. we're not going to give too much away because we're gonna we're gonna review this next episode, yes, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes. All right. It, it was good, and it was a little bit longer than what we thought, and that's that's about what we'll say. Yes. Yeah. yeah we'll uh, leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then we drove to Lincoln and we got to the con. A great facility. Uh, it was really nice. Nice place to play, good chairs, which yeah, nice is always location. a big deal to me. Yeah, good location. <laughs> it makes me laugh about chairs because I remember you bringing your own chair to press. Yeah, that's I'm like, telling you right excuse now. Excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> through the aisles. Excuse me. If you don't have a good chair, uh, yeah, don't hold a con because that's just how it is. <laughs> um, it's almost as important as like a bathroom. All right, that that's how important it is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a great place. Um, a former roommate of mine and a good friend from back in the day in Lincoln, Cameron Iwan, is the one of the people who is part runner of the game festival. You know, it was nice to see him and he did a great job. And I mean, they they really go all out. And I mean, just it's a great con. Yeah, they did a fantastic job. Yeah, uh, we got in that night. We got in Gold West. Um, it's it's an OK game. You know, I could do without it. He's saying this because he lost kidding, badly. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I lost. You're yeah. talking about our man, Ben Coberly, who's yeah. the now uh, TMG has actually actually called him the official spokesperson for, for gold west right that's right, his yeah. new title yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a nice filler game it's actually you know kind of a neat mancala type of movement and yeah i, I enjoyed it right um, so you're so and i got to play in of this too because uh, ben got me interested in but you're moving pieces that you take off the board you're putting them in your little mining thing and moving them up like a mancala and the the ones that come out the top are the ones that give you certain actions to do like build a build a camp or a, a homestead i think you you might call it and you're trying to also control these area control spots out on the board and join those together into a big long thing for points but then you can also put these out onto the board in certain spots to to get actions and then some of the 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 resources get you get you points so there's a point salad aspect yeah. to it yeah absolutely so yeah real good game uh what else we played lorenzo yeah we got in lorenzo it was a good day for me yeah i got in a you lot got of a wins revenge in on me on that yeah. one uh, lorenzo we played that map maker the gerrymandering game that jake brought that i think chad talked about this on a previous episode a while ago i, I just thought it was interesting because i think it was maybe a kickstarter and, and it was the funny thing about the kickstarter stretch goal for this gerrymandering game was that you could send to your to uh members of the um members of the supreme court or to uh, your congressman <laughs> <laughs> and and apparently what I heard uh, Jake say is that his his buddy worked on the Kickstarter and that a lot of people took that stretch goal, which is oh, wow. <laughs> took that level of, of yeah. fulfillment. Which that is might crazy. be the only game you lost that night. Uh, yeah, that Josh well, and I tied and Skull King. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Joe set a oh, that's right. re the record score in that. Yeah. Wow. wow uh, Joe set a record score in that. Uh, well, at least on my phone. 450. Yeah. I think that's tied. That's I think, pretty good. Uh, yeah. That's pretty good for that game. Oh, yes. I bet he was ecstatic. So, yeah. Yeah. The only weird thing, and what we still, Jordan Hopper, one of our local listeners, just does not like Skull King at all. And I mean, no, he I played it with us. And, and you remember the look that you had playing Carpe Diem? Yeah. His was worse. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he does not like that game and just doesn't enjoy it at all. Well, he said he prefers the he prefers the old 
card games. I think sometimes when you throw in some of those powers and stuff, people are like, don't give me any of that. I just want to play the straight, straight card up. game. And he, he probably yeah. just doesn't want to mess with the powers and the special rules. You know, I found that sometimes when I introduce like um, I, when I introduce pitch players, for example, to, a you know, one of the souped up trick taking games or something like that, which I think he likes pitch as well. They'll be like, okay, can we play a real game now? Yeah. Can we, too, too <laughs> like, it's just like, why did you stick all this extra stuff in my game? Sort yeah. Of thing. yeah. So, yeah, which I get, it. but yeah. Um, then we finished up the night with Carson City, the card game, yeah. and our ears were ringing for most of it. Ooh. So for some reason, they have an alarm that obviously is set at, like automatically at this place. Uh, what was this, like a, like a church type of a temple? Something Masonic. Yeah, temple. something like that. Yeah. And so at like one o'clock in the morning, when we were starting to play this game, this alarm starts going off. And I'm not saying for like a couple of minutes, I'm talking a good 45 minutes, nonstop, this thing was going off. But we like, are dedicated gamers and we finished that game. Yeah, we kept playing. I mean, what? We're not going to stop. I mean, <laughs> by is the, everybody else running out? Oh, yeah. I think yeah, we were the only, we only ones, ones left, left in the by the end building. of it. Yeah. Clef, yeah. Clef's shielding the game from the automatic sprinklers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cameron's looking at us like, uh, are you guys going to stop? No, we're going to keep going. <laughs> no, some people stuffed uh, napkins in their ears. Other people just held their yeah. ears yeah. closed and oh, my, we were fine. Between turns, I would just plug my ears. <laughs> oh, my <God>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was great. So, and then, uh, so the next morning, here was the, you know, the main meat and potatoes for us in the con was then Feudum. It is, it's really hard for me to describe. It has a lot of great things in it. And there's a lot of things that I really like, but it's sometimes, I guess, I feel like it's just a little too much for what I'm doing for the time commitment. And you have played this once before, kind of, sort of, right? I, I've actually played it two times fully before this and a half a time like so like two and a half times before this play okay and then richie this was your first right? my first play and you can tell it's a kickstarter i mean they they have thrown everything in here and i think it, a little more development and refining of some mechanisms in there would would do it some good well and one of the things that we we've we've both commented on is i mean the game is called feudum and it's almost like a a bad thing to build a feudum <laughs> yes. because then you have to go and attack your opponents and it's not easy to attack your opponents. No. Right. I've heard that if you want to do a feudum in this, you need to be pretty good at the game because you need to kind of be able to build up all your resources to do it and kind of be sure about what you're doing when right. you, when you, when you get aggressive like right, that. Exactly. And yeah, the attacking is definitely, I mean, you could go the entire game and, and not ever attack. I mean, and most people do now granted, Richie, of course, attacked me because it's Richie. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a monster, and uh, you know, I'm not going to go the whole game with a monster and not kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> Richie, Richie, I can just see Richie slaps one of. He just was carrying around one of his Blood Rage minis in his shirt. And <laughs> Ooh, I should have done that. I should have done that. All right, I took out your feudum and five others. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, and I. I think the game has, like we were saying, a lot of great things. I mean, I like the push-pull thing that the guilds have when, when you're trying to do them, and, and I like the fact you have six different guilds, and when you put your pawn out, that's you know you can choose the different guilds you want to, and then each one has kind of a special ability. And I love the action card action selection, um, similar to like a glass road, where you're choosing your actions before the round, and then you're using those actions as you kind of go around. Um, you know, those are all great things. There's just 90% more stuff that just didn't need to quite be in there. Or I'm sorry, I'm saying that the wrong, 10% more stuff that didn't need to be in there. And I think it would have been a really good game. Well, when you talk about that card selection, cause I kind of know about it. Is 
it more like Concordia or is it like Glass Road in that if somebody else chooses the action, then you might be a little bit out of luck? Uh, more like Concordia. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter if everybody picks the same four cards or whatever it is. Yeah, oh, okay. that doesn't make okay. any no. difference. Yeah. So, no. For the, the amount of time that it takes to learn the game and then what you actually get out of the game, I just don't know if there's just enough, there's just not enough there for me. It's overly complex for what it is and way too long for what it is. Are there player aids because of all the stuff that you need to know for that? Are there pretty good player aids for it? Despite uh, obviously a lot of obfuscation and, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, there are player aids and they're great player aids. I mean, I don't necessarily feel like there was ever a point where I didn't know what my options were. It's just obviously trying to put everything together like any you know, good Euro strategic game takes that time to figure that out. But like I said, just just 10% too much. You know, yeah, just a little bit of cutback and it would have been a great game. Did you feel like, Richie, that once you got the rules teach, which how long was the rules teach, would you say? Would you say an hour? Probably about an hour. Yeah, okay. Probably about an hour. Did you feel like once you got the rules teach, you were pretty okay with it after a couple of rounds? Yeah, I, I would say after... Because, I mean, all of us watched, we played a four-player game, so all of us watched the video beforehand. Joe had read the rule book. So after one round, I would say that we were all pretty comfortable with it. Yeah. yeah. Now, it was one of those things like we would all be like, oh, you can't do that, or oh, wait, don't forget you have to do this. Or it would be, of course, like you would start to do an action and you'd be like, okay, how am I doing this again? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'd all have to be like, oh, yeah, remember you do this or you, you pay this person and then you have to put the other one in the coffer. And then if you're the guild master, you know, you do this. And if you're the journeyman, you do this. And if you're the apprentice, you stand up and do the hokey pokey. You know, there's just <laughs> multiple <laughs> different things that you're doing. And it's just kind of hard to remember every single thing easily. And I don't I, I won. So that broke, <laughs> yeah. broke Richie's winning yep. streak versus me there. <laughs> and it, it's a beautiful production. Like, it's one of those games where I would almost consider just having it on the shelf and taking it out every once in a while and playing around with the pieces and then putting it back. Well, I, I might have a copy for sale. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what you put it up for. I, I, it, it really is one of those games that is just so on the line for me right now of do I want to keep it and continue to try to put investment into it and try to put games, you know, gameplays into it? Or am I just ready to let it go? I, I can't tell you right now. I'm still on the fence to tell you the truth. There are a lot of people that we really appreciate and like that like this game. You know, Philip Millman, this is one of his favorite games from last year. He's a, a friend of ours on the on the board game group and other places. And and Jason Dinger, you know, uh, Captains of the Gulf designer, he he really loves playing this at, at two player, which surprises me because it doesn't seem like it'd be real strong at two player. But huh, that that's, is interesting. His, that's hmm. his opinion, yeah. I guess. Because so. I had one of my plays was at two players with my oldest son, Mason, and we just didn't think that it really worked all that well as a two player game. We liked it. At, I honestly, I've played it at two, three, and four, and I thought three and four were the best. Probably three would probably be where I'd like to be at. Yeah, I mean, especially for time, I think three would be ideal. And, and I think at this moment, the other thing that I would say is, you know, if I sat down with you know Philip and Jason and a couple other you know people who knew how to play the game, I might enjoy it a little bit more because then we can just sit down and straight play it. But boy, if I've got to teach somebody new, I mean, you're talking forty five minutes to an hour to teach somebody, and that's a long time for anybody to sit through a teach. No, or to teach it. But speaking of, I want to talk just for a second because we brought Jason up. I want to talk about Captains of the Gulf because we just we played Captains of the Gulf recently. Uh, you know, I I wanted this game, so I went out and got it. I probably paid way too much, but you know what? As Richie told me the other day, why have three or four cheap games on your shelf that are crap? Why don't go spend money on a good game? And so I thought, you know, I think that's a good call. And so I got it, and I am very, very happy that I got it because yeah. it's a great game. 
Yeah, me too. I, I enjoyed our game. So it, it's set uh, down in Louisiana there, where he's from, in the bayou. Um, nope. And he has a really interesting story. He has some familial ties to this to this uh, subject of fishing in the Gulf for shrimp and I don't know, clams and other something else, something else there. But anyway, you're it's a multi-use card game where you're using your cards to soup up your boat for different mm-hmm. different ways to soup up your boat and then going out and fishing in the gulf there trying to uh trying to get different seafood and bring it back to port and sell it for a certain amount of money right and you're moving around that rondelle to get the actions which actually is a really nice fit it's sort of multi-use cards and rondelle is a really nice complement yeah. to each other there yeah no it works really well and um you know has a little bit of a Lagranha feel because you know you do have you can either make it a, a license to go fishing or you can make it a crew member or an upgrade to the boat or eventually like the thing that you use to fish so you have those four different options you know and I think I had played it a couple of times already before I played you and I think I kind of snuck up and was able to move around that rondelle and kind of end the game quickly so I like the fact that it's kind of player driven even since it's rounds it's kind of player driven on how fast a, a round can end um, so I thought that that was a really unique thing and then there's all these those those bonus actions that you can take so you got to be really careful to you want to make sure to use those before the round ends otherwise you just lost out on them yeah and you were mentioning that lagranja connection there i know that jason actually i think contacted andreas odendahl and said hey i really like this card mechanism can i use it in my game you know and of course Ode, as he's known, gave us gave us his blessing. Ode from the dice tower, as, <laughs> as per Clef's, per Clef's uh, proclivities, I guess. I don't oh, know, boy. but uh, you know, and that down. Andreas, Andreas, uh, you know, borrowed this from Chuddick. You know, it's basically right. sort of a Chuddick, Carl Chuddick mechanism. But anyway, works really well here. I'd like to play it. We only played two player, but I'd really like to play it with more players because I think there's a lot more interaction that can happen with racing out to take the fish and then the the rondelle and speeding that up. I mean, you really smoked me last to last time when I didn't get everything done because you pushed the rondelle right, forward right, at the exactly. end and I was yep. just stuck with this boat that I had souped up. I hadn't even focused too much in one area. I had done, I had unfortunately done a lot of different things instead of focused on a. On you you were having fun things. first time playing it. You're like, ooh, I was pulling levers. I was pulling levers. Yeah. Anyway, a good game that I'd like to explore more. We enjoyed our, our plays of it so far. Absolutely. All right. How about some Clef's Kickstarter Corner? All right, so for Clef's Kickstarter Corner today, I am going to talk about one of my favorites, and actually Richie's favorite, and that is the Lorenzo Il Magnifico Digital Edition. Is that what I'm talking about? Yeah, but it has physical cards. Which oh. <laughs> that's what yeah. I think we're and most excited about. That's what we're talking about. So, hey, for people out there who love you know, board game implementations in the digital form. And it looks really good. I mean, it, it's it's got some pictures up here already. And heck, maybe on a 13-hour car ride to Origins, you know, I wouldn't... But is this only Steam, though? I don't think we can get it on the uh, We can iOS. get a computer in there. So, Just okay. take a laptop with Let's, us. We'll think about that. Yeah. Okay, we'll figure that out. We're going to figure that out how somehow. Anyways, um, but the real reason why I'm talking about this is... It is going to have at least 24 new cards, and it can go up to 48 new cards if we hit certain stretch goals. And yeah, and so they just uh, lowered the stretch goal to unlock the full deck, so it's only 40,000 
and I believe we're pretty close. That we're like, or I keep saying we. I'm just, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> this is getting more Richie cards for passion, Lorenzo. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think they're about seven thousand off from hitting that. So go and back it. Yeah, if you are a fan of Lorenzo at all, go and back this. It's not that much. It's like twenty euros. Yeah, I mean, all you're getting is some cards for it in a you know a digital version, but it's it's so worth it because. One thing, if I had to say anything about the game, is I wish there were some different cards that sometimes came out yes. in the towers. Is so it, I'm looking forward to that. Is it worth it if I'm not going to play the digital version ever? Yes. And, yes. and I even put in the comments, because I said, you know, I would pay $30 US just for a new deck of cards. So you don't even have to give me the game. And they're like, oh, but, you know, you're going to get, basically look at it like you're getting the game for two euros or something like that. So whatever, that's fine. I just want that physical deck of cards. But How many cards do you get? Well, it's 24 to start with, and then if we hit that final stretch goal, it will be up to 48. Okay, all right. And they're all, are they all Kickstarter exclusive? I do believe so, yeah. yeah. So this is all This is your chance so, to get it. Yeah, you're not going to be able to, well, not be able to easily get this. And that'll be up for a couple more days after the episode drops? How many more days? Yeah, probably two or three more days after the episode drops. But All right. So if you want this, get in there and hit it. Hopefully by the time you hear this, it will have already hit its goal, so then you're guaranteed to yeah, the full you know, deck. drop in there. So yeah, it's absolutely so. All right, so that's all I've got. No, wait, 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 I've got, nope, nope, I got one too. I'm excited about that. I'm excited for you guys. I like that. I'm not, I just, give me the cards, that's good. All right, all right, all right. But... Um, I'm really excited because just yesterday, uh, the Tramways expansion, the Tramways dystopian expansion. No, nope, was... that's all we got for <laughs> last Kickstarter corner. No, I'm serious. This is a great game. Richie's just salty because Alvin VR <laughs> publicly corrected his playing of, <laughs> of of Tramways in the in the photo. He's like, I think <laughs> Alvin was like. Who who's that green player? What's he doing? No, but uh, th this is um, a great expansion where you're going to the moon. New maps. I'm really excited for it. I have gotten really really excited about tramways lately because I also just picked up the the engineer's workbook, which is dry erase and you're working through puzzles. And it's not as great as having the cards in your hand, but instead because this is a route building and multi use card game where you're you're taking on stress it's really tight and you're trying to use actions on the card and if you use more than one action you have to take stress to do it which can affect your points at the end very highly and you're you're trying to build this tramway so you can funnel people around to different places like work and home and and recreational places which will do different things and I just really love this. And the Engineer's Workbook, you can play at two players if you want. So they brought, they give you two dry erase pens. But it's a fun little puzzle. I really enjoy doing it. I'm not very good at it necessarily, but you, you're you marking off the cards that you use. And then you're trying to, each round, you get to erase some of the mark-offs. So you, you get to use them again. But it is, it's a great little puzzle. And I'm looking for more tramways. I, I'm just, it renews my, my love for this game the more I get to play it. I played it with Bryce recently and he stomped me. But I just, I enjoy it. I enjoy the stress of it. So. That's the Tramways Dystopian expansion. It should be out for another, at least, I think maybe even a couple weeks after this drops. So uh, if you're if you're at all an Albin VR fan or a Tramways fan, just look for it. Richie, wake up, wake up. No, oh, come oh, back oh. to us. I'm back. Come back to us. I'm all right, <laughs> all right, Richie. I hope you're woken up because we're going to reach into the mailbag. All 
right, guys. So we got another email from Saskatoon Dave. And I'll tell you what. Dave is a smart man. Let's just... <laughs> Um, agree, agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, so he kind of starts the email with what uh, my favorite part of this email is that he says, uh, sorry, Clef, but Richie is right. So right there, I mean, we can just stop the email <sighs> and just move on. You can send more of those, Dave, Dave. what are you doing to me? Come on now. <laughs> well, what, what's he talking about? What's, what, what are you so right about? So he feels that Mombasa is better than Great Western Trail. Okay. Which... It, I I can't disagree. Okay. Although Great Western Trail is a great game, I it can't. Is, yeah. I can't. It has great right in the title. <laughs> <laughs> if that counts, true. Uh, but that wasn't his main question in the email. So uh, with Mombasa, he was talking about the theme, and he was wondering why. Because if you do not know that the the theme in Mombasa is basically you are carving up Africa and you're co- uh, colonizing, and it's a pretty dark theme if you actually were to look into it. Basically, so Dave's question was he was wondering why a lot of people have a hard time with this theme, uh, but they don't necessarily have a hard time with other themes that also deal with, you know, colonization or, you know, war themes. Like he, he gives an example of like memoir 44 or 1775 of where they have more of those kind of negative or not, not, not necessarily negative, depending, I guess what side of the war you're on, but um, (laughs) those themes that are tied to real history that can be darker. Well, and this is a really interesting topic, too. I will say he also goes to say that he thinks probably one of the reasons Mombasa gets some criticism is because the publishers actually drew attention to it by mentioning some historical context in the manual, which he feels is being responsible. And I guess I feel like at least they're not whitewashing, you know, over it, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, I, I would I would say... I don't know. It, it, we kind of talked about this before when we talked about that Kickstarter of colonialism. But I will say what was really interesting because there was a recent I'll get our get in our Ben Maddox five games for doomsday obligation, uh, obligatory <laughs> mention here. But he interviewed just recently Tom Russell, who has done a lot of different games, one of them being Irish Gage, which is coming out. Very exciting. But also so, some war games. And he said to Tom during the interview, why why war games? Why do you want to play war games? It came out that Harold Buchanan responded to the interview. Harold Buchanan is a games designer, and he has his own po- podcast and, and does war games, and was kind of mentioning how that's kind of an insulting question to even ask, because it implies, like, why would you play these war games? Why would you? That's un- sort of like it's unseemly kind of thing, um, because, you know, he, he had done, Ben had done a... a a review of Lincoln, which was a war game, and and said, you know, how he struggled to want to reenact something as horrible as war, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, and why should we want to do this? Uh, it's very interesting, and and Harold had a nice response, and and actually, Tom did in the interview as well, saying, you know, that there are there are things to be learned. It doesn't mean that you're reveling in war necessarily, right? And it was very kind. It was a very kind response to you know. Uh, and I, I thought that was interesting. Now you just played, Clef. You just played Memoir Forty Four. You're not a big war gamer at all. But uh, what what would be your response to something like that? Well, and, and interestingly, um, I've just been watching on Netflix the World War Two in color. Just you know, going back over, and I'm I'm a big history guy, and I, I do enjoy just learning about history. So watching that, which is obviously very gruesome and and, and terrible. And then playing Memoir 44, you know, you're basically reenacting these 
battles that happen, you know, I mean, landing on the beaches and, you know, one person is basically playing the Germans and the other person is playing the allies and you're there trying to, you know, kill each other. I mean, is the main goal of the game. But for me, and this is just who I am, and I mean, other people obviously are different. I guess I'm able to just realize that I'm just playing a game. You know, yes, I'm rolling to try to kill the other person's troops, which, you know, yes, is exactly what happens in war. But it's just a game. I'm just killing a plastic piece. I'm just rolling a dice. I'm just, uh, you know, and, and like in Mombasa, I'm not I'm not carving up Africa for white people to try to dominate or something. I'm trying to put out, you know, one of my three companies so I can score the most points. That That's at least, you know, for me. I know people that get into the theme a little bit more, though. I can see where it could be something that would be a little, you know, Harder for them, maybe, is a better way to put it. Richie, you made a good point about this a couple of weeks ago when we were when we were talking about this kind of thing. Because I had said how I switched out my my slave cards the into fakirs in five tribes because I felt like it didn't belong in that game. I felt like it kind of stuck out from the rest of the game uh, the way that those were. And you kind of brought up the the idea of video games, which is which is interesting to me. So why don't why don't you expound on that? Yeah, and I, I guess I don't know why this always comes up with board games where I mean a lot of board gamers cross over into video games and you have games like Red Dead Redemption, Call of Duty, things like that where I mean you're doing the same thing but it's it's not abstracted anymore. It's on the screen, you're actually doing it. You're killing people, you're doing whatever you want to. As, you know, especially in like a game like Red Dead Redemption where it's an open world and you can be as dishonorable as you want or you can be as honorable as you want. It's just odd to me that it always comes up as an issue in board games. And like Dave said with uh, Mombasa, they call it out in the beginning and said, you know, this is a dark time, but this Mombasa is not set in the real world. It's set in a fictional setting. And if you want more information on what really happened, they give a book, which I think is the the way to do it if you're going to do it. Yeah, I don't know why we always focus on this in board games where movies, video games, a lot of those seem to get a pass. Well, can we and do you think we can learn something from, you know, some of these war games and stuff? I mean, I know you're saying that, you know, there are I mean, there's that game Endeavor, which we've talked about before, which has the the slavery card in it and and kind of kind of makes you think about what a great leg up as horrible as it was. I shouldn't say great. That's probably not the right word, but how how much of an incentive it was for those people in the South to keep and hold on to slavery because their whole economy depended on it. And again, please don't think that I am by any way excusing it. It it was just showing that when you when you say how how could this happen? How could this abhorrent evil thing happen? Well, these people, their economy was completely tied to it, and they didn't want to give that up. That kind of mimics that in in the game. You uh, feel if you're not one of the people that can partake in it and you feel that that's completely abhorrent even in a game then you destroy that taking the slavery card and wrecking basically wrecking the other engines of the people who had taken it already which is an interesting interesting way to look at it i think and i think you can learn from games like this i guess when i sit at the table do i want to play a game and i want to have fun so like you know endeavor or like freedom uh, the underground railroad like freedom it's not fun it's it's a great game and it it teaches you know, a, a part of history that needs to be taught. But I see that more as a learning tool for schools. And I know that they've even come out with like a textbook to go along with that. But do I really want to pull that down and play it on a game night? For me, no. I want to have fun when I play a game. Yeah, I, I'm going to echo that. That if For me, when I'm playing a game, I just want to play a game and have fun with it. 
if I want to go and pick up a textbook or watch a video, you know, on, you know, on something to do with, with history, that's where I'm learning from. I, I don't, for me, at least, I don't learn from games. Games are an escape for me just to, you know, to play. I, I don't have to sit there and think of, oh my goodness, you know, 300 years ago, all these people were getting, you know, their lands taken over. You know, I mean, it, that's just not something that enters it for me. It, so kind of like what Richie said, I, I think it's more just me wanting to play fun for games and deal with the other stuff at, at another spot in my life. So Dave, thanks once again for a great email and uh, generating some good discussion. If you have any other questions or if you want to continue to talk about this, uh, shoot us an email so you can join our Slack channel or you can come join us over at our guild on BGG, Guild 3227. Speaking of which, while we talk about the Slack channel, if you guys still want to get in on one of those sweet, sweet mugs, you have one more episode basically to do it. You can hit us up at punchboardparadise at gmail.com and then we'll send you a Slack channel invite and you will get to post it up and we're going to choose our three favorites and, and get a vote in. So if you're one of those three favorites, you're going to get a mug and we're, we're having fun with this. We've got we've got a bunch of uh, good names out there already. So so throw your hat in the ring, so to speak, and and uh, send us an email. Is the top one right now PP heads? <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know about that. If, if you don't like PP heads, you might want to get in on the Slack and get, yes, <laughs> please give us something better. <laughs> we've got some good ones. Yeah, yeah. All right. I am really excited about this next draft. I'm itching for a draft. I think this is going to be a good one. Let's head into it. Richie, before we do this draft of our favorite 2014 games, because about a year ago we did our favorites for 2013, so it's time again to do this. Richie, explain the rules of the draft for us, please. Sure. So on Punchboard Paradise, we like to draft our games. That way we all have unique lists. So the way it's going to work is we're going to roll a die, and whoever wins that will choose the order. And we do a serpentine draft. If you draft last in the first round, you will draft first in the second round. All right, fellas, let's roll them. All right. Come on. we got to be Chad. One of us has to be. Uh, seven. Eight. Two. <laughs> yeah. So All right. I'm definitely going me first, Richie second, Chad third. He's been first way too many times. Yes. Mm, well, I'll take the turn. That's all right. Okay. So, um, boy, I better not screw this up now. <laughs> you better not. You got first. You can't complain yeah, about anything. Remember first class? So, Didn't you pick first during when he when he drafted first class? Was that was that twenty two player games? I think that was a two player oh, game okay. draft yeah, yeah. when he Whatever. messed up. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> I really remember Moving that. On. That was right. right. First last time you got first, you really messed it up. <laughs> All right. What okay. do you got? What do you well, got? Well, I'm not going to screw it up this time. I am going to go with. Uh, a game that uh, we just recently all got a play in of, and this is from one of my favorite publishers, and I absolutely love this game. Multi-use cards, um, kind of an engine building, and that is Zan Go. So that is absolutely one of my favorites, and I am going to grab that and take it off the board. Zan Go by Stefania Nicolini and Marco Canetta from What's Your Game? That's that's a good game. That's absolutely. a nice get. So that's, I'm starting off with that one. 
Um, I don't probably a lot of people haven't played this one because it, it's not quite as popular as some of the other ones. But boy, if anybody wants to learn this one, come and look me up because I am definitely ready to teach it. It's a great game. Was that talked about getting a new reprint along with Madeira when they were doing that stuff on the Kickstarter? Yeah, they're gonna the Kickstarter will be Madeira and Zanguo expansions. Okay, so so that's that people are gonna get that I think later yeah. when that, when that Kickstarter busts open, then people will get more plays of this. This we we just recently talked about it, but it's the idea that this is an engine builder that there's more going on but it doesn't overstay its welcome for us and yeah, yeah that's a good pick all right richie all right i was not expecting this to fall to me so maybe no nah, i'm gonna i'm gonna mix it up all right here we go i'm going to take orleans or orleans by reiner stockhausen from tmg games okay uh this is by far i think my favorite game from that year so i, I won't mess around i'll just take it <laughs> there you go get it done <laughs> so uh bag building uh it's not the first game that did bag building but it's definitely one of the more popular game or one of the games that made it popular um i just i mean i just love i have the deluxe version of this from tmg it's beautiful which i just looked on it, one sold for like 250 like a month ago, I'm really getting close to selling it because I, I'll, I I'll play any version of it. Two fifty so. zoinks, yeah, yeah. That's a little, that's a little much for that. Just get the regular version yeah. if you're out there searching. It's not worth the deluxe components. Uh, but yeah, it's a great game. I know I, I didn't have to worry about this from uh, Clef, but was this on your list, Chad? Yeah, this was this was down there though. I figured oh. you would snatch it before Ooh. before I did. You, you so. might have been a, okay. I know that uh, makes me that makes see, me really I, sad. I feel good. I think you guys have a few games that you are going to have to worry about battling over each other because I know Chad's going to take one of the games that I think you guys might battle over. I know. I think he's going to take it next, but so. we'll see. All right. So. so my yeah, I, I I think now, Richie. Before we move on, do you have all the expansions? I know you have Trade and Intrigue because we just can't play that game without the new, the new, the right. new deeds board. Is that the what beneficial it's called? deeds board? Yep. Yeah. But but the, do you have the co-op? Because I actually liked the co-op, and I well, and I actually liked the solo game, which was interesting. I don't know if you played the solo game, but I I've played the that. solo game, and they have a two-player game in there too. They have a lot of good modules out for it. Did you like the two-player? Have you played that or no? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. It it definitely changes it up. It's I mean, I'll I'll play either just the base game at two or that. Uh, but yeah, always the beneficial the new beneficial deeds board in there. But I I do have like most of the promo tiles and just about everything for it. I have to store it in two boxes. So all right, right on. All right, Chad. Okay, let's see. I got to do this. I don't get two in a row very often. Uh, my first pick is going to be. Oh, this is tough. I, I I'm I I'm gonna make a guess. You just keep your mouth shut. No, you just keep your mouth shut. Let's okay. just see what just he's going to pick. You have to see if you're right, because well, otherwise, yes. I, mean, I, I get another. I haven't written down of what I thought Chad's. I haven't written down of what I thought Chad's first pick would be. Well, he's going to get two in a row, so, so I think true. it will okay. probably come out. All right, all right, Chad. I'm gonna I'm gonna nap this up. I don't know if it was a if it was a a contested one, but I'm gonna go with Fields of Arl. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> oh really? I'd see that's not. Oh, that's I not in my sure. top ten. Oh, see, I thought he'd have to grab that because I thought you might take see, it, and I so. thought you might you might too because it's a Rosenberg, and I think you kind of like it but this is a two-player rosenberg game and i think it's tough to say but i think this might still be my favorite R rosenberg game i just like the way it works it's not as tight as some of the other ones but it does have some some tightness i like the way the tech tree works i like the back and forth of the actions and and how you can sort of soup up your actions i really think that's a smart thing that he doesn't do in some of his other games it is a bit sandboxy but there is still some tension there and 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 exploring how to best optimize your your play in this is fun. So Uva Rosenberg's 
from Z-Man Games, Fields of Arl. Great two-player game. I haven't played with the three-player expansion Tea and Trade yet, though. No, it, it is. Uh, actually, I lied. It's number nine on my list. So it was on there, but I thought maybe it would go later. Um, but yeah, it's a great game. The expansion is good. I haven't played it. I've only played the expansion solo, but the uh, what it adds in there makes it uh, pretty interesting. So coming around the turn, right. this is really tough for me. This is this is tough for me because I know there are two games that I'm in danger of missing out on because of you two. And hmm. I am, they're both multi-use card games. And so I am going to have to grab Lagranha by Spielworks and Stronghold Games with uh, the designers being Michael Keller and Andreas Odendahl. This is a this is a really great game. I love the card, the multi-use card mechanism in this game. I think I like it more than most of the other. I, I think this does multi-use cards better than just about most of the the board games that, that I play that use multi-use cards. The tucking and the way that you use the actions. I that that is by far my favorite thing about this game. But this game also has dice drafting, which I like the way it does that as well. The only thing I'm not real fond of is the is the Luna market. Uh, area control mechanism up at the top it just was never a big thing when it was in the Feld game Luna but everything else in this game I really really like and I'll be happy to play it again so I'm going to go with Lagranha as my second great pick I, I definitely thought that one would be off the board before it would get back to me if I had the first pick see I don't I, so. I, I'm fine with Lagranha it's not it's not in my collection where I sold it 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 was just okay to me so, but yeah, I knew you liked it a lot. Yeah, so. no, it's easily a top 20 game for me. I, I I enjoy it a whole bunch. So great pick, Chad. All right, Richie, back to you. All right. Well, I, I did not expect uh, this one to get to me. I won't talk too much about it since we're going to review it, but Arkwright, I'm going to take No, oh, after my... just the one play, you're going to take Arkwright off the board. Oh, that's right. We do we have two, two plays. We got that's two right. plays okay. in. All right. All right. And if we hurry up I, this recording, we might get a third in. Well, yeah, okay. Let's do that. <laughs> that's, that's good by me. I've still got some some great games on my list. Arkwright so. is, well, we don't want to give too yeah, much we away because we're going to review, review it. But uh, I, I think this is a solid pick. I'm really glad that uh, you tried to break Richie's brain a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so. I'll just say that, I mean, our first game was five and a half hours. Oh, didn't Roughly, feel like it. And it didn't feel like it nothing. at all. It was so, yeah. amazing every second of it. So, Arkwright. Yeah. For my was, second pick. So, and that's from uh, Spielworks originally, and then Reap. Stefan Reap's by yeah. uh, Capstone Games. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, I now have the next two picks. So, I am going to go with, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna definitely going to go with these two. I am going to go with as my number two pick, basically, here. I'm going to go with Aquasphere. I know a lot of people don't like this game, and I'm not even sure I'm going to worry about this game getting taken off the list, but I just really like it. I like the programming. I like the, it's a little bit heavier of a thinker type of game, and it's one of those games where you you just can't do everything. But I think the thing I love about this game most is that red lines where you have to pay a certain item to get past a red line, but in this game you can lose points by these octopods, you know, kind of messing you up. But I like the fact that you can't ever go past back past that red line. So you can kind of strategize to get past it and then not even worry about how many points you're going to lose if you only go back a couple of spots or whatever because you bump up against that line. There's just a lot of things I like about this game. And I mean, honestly, if I, you know, we did our Feld draft a while back. I mean, this is really, honestly, probably in my top three Feld games. I mean, I really, really like this. So I'm going to go ahead and pick it for my, you know, my number two of 2014. And obviously, Stefan Feld 
and uh, TMG Games published by yeah by TMG Games. So all right, all right, and so for my next one, um, normally I would not do this, but this to me is one of the best filler games of all time. And one Ooh. that I love. And I thought maybe Richie would take this before he took Arkwright. I thought it would float down. I oh, didn't. no, 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 no. It I'm is not, not I'm sure I know what you're talking about. I, it's a fister. I know oh, he loves it. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, this was on my list, oh, too. It was way absolutely. Down, but. Port Royale. I mean, this is a... I mean, yeah, it's a filler, but it's a great filler. It's a great Oh, yeah, especially once luck. you throw in the expansion. Yeah, absolutely. Really I mean, it's has some just some great decision making of when you know do you buy from the other the opponent do you you know wait there's just some great push your luck great game yeah it's a filler but i say it's definitely one of the best 2014 games so i'm i'm kind of i'm almost glad you let me have that one so yeah, no, yeah. It, it was number seven on my list okay for the year all right yeah. that's about where it ends up on mine here but yeah yeah so. solid game all right Richie, back to you all right i didn't think i was gonna get this i thought chad was gonna take it i uh, believe this is the other multi-use card game he was talking about and he shouldn't have this game anyways it's too mean so it, <laughs> it belongs on my list and that's where it's going to be and that is imperial settlers from ignasi trevichek and portal games and yeah i mean we've talked about this a lot on this podcast it is a mean game that really i mean you can play it at higher player counts but it, it feels like a two-player game to me the you know, head, to head. Going head to head back and forth uh, i think is the way to go like i've said in the past 51st state uh, the master set, I would probably put above this, but it wouldn't be far that far above it. And like I said, I'll play any of them. And uh, just the different factions of this game really make it. So, great game. I wanted to take this game. It is among my favorites. It's not a heavy game by any stretch of the imagination, but it's my mac and cheese game, my comfort food game. When I want to make some meaningful decisions, but I just kind of want to you know, play my micro turns back and forth and be really satisfied with what I'm doing and, you know, try out a, a new faction or play a faction I haven't played with in a long time. That's what I like over 51st State with this one is that everything feels different because you have your own deck. But yeah, a great pick. You snatched it. Good job. Imperial Settlers, Ignacy Trevichek, and Portal Games. This, this may be like the nicest draft we've ever had. <laughs> no, no he, I mean, I can't say anything. I had to make a decision. So, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it was good. All right. Next up for me, well, that takes that off the list. Let's see. I gotta go. I gotta go lower down on my list. All right. Well, I am. I'm gonna go. I, I get a couple here. So yeah, this is tough. This is your last me. two. I know this is really tough having all these together. I don't. I don't necessarily like that that much. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm gonna go with Kanban next. From Vital Lacerda and yeah, Stronghold Games. I, I mean, you know, you know me. You'd have to get I mean, their Eno tool has yeah. not yet, and now it's on its way. He's working on it. I've heard this from Lacerda, but. They're going to put out a third version of that game? Yeah, they are. <laughs> because Stronghold didn't change all that much. No, no they not didn't. at all. They really didn't. Uh, but th right now, the edition I have is from Stronghold Games. Uh, Eno tool is going to put a stamp on it soon, though. Anyway, this is a, this is a worker placement game where you're trying to build cars and be as efficient as possible and there's you should only ever play with mean sandra because it's it's better that way i think because basically it's more unfair the way that she positively incentivizes the leader than the way that she punishes if you're behind a certain point and you can manage it if you if you're working towards it from the beginning of the game you can really manage it so it's not that bad but she she is your boss and she punishes you if you're not at certain levels when you're 
producing cars and doing the the prints. The one ding that I would have about this game is the way that you score based on designs is kind of wonky. And it is a little bit confusing. And it's one of those games that if you haven't played it in a while, you feel like you got to roll up your sleeves and look at the look at the manual again, kind of. So that's the one ding that I would give to it. But it really, like most Vital games, it does the theme right. And there are a lot of great decisions and there's a lot of good tension. So Vital Asserta's Kanban from Stronghold Games. Yeah, great pick. Great game. Now... My last one, I'm fully going to admit that I've only played this once, but there's a Kickstarter coming up, and I'm all in on it, and we're going to talk about it when it comes out on Kickstarter, and this is Albin Viard's Clinic. Did you finish that game? Yeah. No, I didn't finish the game. <laughs> no. It was, at it was at Origins, right? Yeah. <laughs> Liked it that much <laughs> that you got it on the list. I like it. All right. Well, we took you away from that game. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I had to, I had to go, we had to go have a meeting. For what? No, 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 no. That was to go to the melt. No, that yeah. wasn't to go to the melt. That was to go to Stronghold and and see Beth. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Which, oh, okay, then we went to the melt right after. That. Yeah, well, yes. we did, okay. but that wasn't right. important. We could have waited to go to the melt. I mean, the melt, the melt is great. We could have, but I mean, we couldn't have waited to meet Beth. But so, just that small bit of that play. Is I had about like, three rounds. This is oh, my man. game. Absolutely, yeah? dude. Okay. Absolutely. I there's something about Viard's designs that I I I really dig. The only one that I'm not too keen on from what i've seen is just town center it's a little bit more of an abstract for me so i'm not but small city uh and then and then clinic just the spatial element sort of breaks my brain but i want to see what you know tool is going to do with the deluxe version that's going to that's going to hit pretty soon too i want to see what there's he's always gonna do. there's a, a all of chad's favorite games there's a thread through the through all of them to Ian O'Toole. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Kevin Bacon type of thing. Right. right. Ian O'Toole for board games. He has, I wonder what he has to do with LeGrana. But anyway. <laughs> no, I'll agree. I think it's a great pick. I have only gotten to play it once myself. But, it. I mean, it's a it's a brain burner. Oh, my goodness. Trying to figure out the spatial element. I agree with you. But I liked it. I'm looking forward to playing it again. I mean, it's further down on my list because you guys took some stuff. But, I mean, if I... Like I said, I will play this in a second. Right. I don't have access to it, unfortunately, because because yeah. our friend Jake has a copy. But man, if you were to bust it out, I'd be like, "Whoo, let's go!" Yeah, great pick. No, I'm I, that is definitely a Kickstarter that I am looking forward to backing. Uh, that is one I want to get for sure. Yep. All right, back to you, Richie, for your last pick. All right, I knew I didn't have to worry about this one, and because Chad for some reason does not like it, and Clef's just okay on it. But that is Roll for the Galaxy from Thomas Lehman, and that's Rio Grande Games. And I, you know, I've talked about it on the, the show before, but I love Race for the Galaxy and all the iterations of that and, you know, Puerto Rico and San Juan. Love the multi-use cards and just the different engine that you can build within it. And I would say Roll is probably actually my favorite. I did end up selling New Frontiers for those that are curious, uh, because if you have this, I don't really see a need to also own that. And in uh, I've been having these melatonin... I've been taking melatonin to help me sleep at night. I've been having these melatonin uh, like spending sprees where I. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is this is this the melatonin defense? I think I've heard of this defense. I think there's attorneys that have used this. Defense. <laughs> and melatonin. I, and I just picked up the uh, the new role for the Galaxy expansion. I don't even know what it's called because I was half asleep when I ordered it, and it was it's like fifty five dollars, way too much for an expansion. Whoa. But yeah. They've been, Rio Grande has been jacking up their prices. I think you get a lot of custom dice in it. 
I don't know, but uh, it is a big it is a big expansion. I've heard, but yeah. you, I hope Jessica doesn't listen to this episode because she's going to hide your melatonin <laughs> and use a mallet on you <laughs> to go to sleep. This is probably true, <laughs> but the game itself is great. Uh, if you are familiar with Race for the Galaxy at all, uh, you can easily jump in. I would say this is probably easier to teach than Race for the Galaxy, especially for people who have, have no experience with it. Uh, but yeah, just a great engine building dice game. Yeah, Richie, I think you were safe. I don't think Chad and I we. It's just not, doesn't really do much for us. No, if I were to play one of these implementations, and I haven't, I haven't played New Frontiers, but I, I would, right now, I'd go towards Race for the Galaxy. Mm. So, instead of Roll. I'll play that, too. So, right. we can play that as well. <laughs> All right. All right. So, I've got the last pick. Don't mess it up. Oh, I no, I've got the, I've got the title, and this is one that I once again thought, didn't think either one of you guys would pick, so I was able to kind of hold it off. Um, it's, I, I like this game a lot. I think sometimes it has one problem, and I think Richie has kind of said this about the game, is the end game point cards that you get can sometimes be a little swingy, but I still think the game is absolutely phenomenal, and that is Panamax. And this is by you know two of my favorite designers who also designed uh, Madeira, which is Nuno and Paulo. Yes, Paulo Soledad and Nuno Bizarro Santiero and Stronghold is is the publisher in the US. Yeah. And I agree with you. It is the interaction in this game is what's fun. You know, do I moving moving each other's boats through the canal and making those decisions and Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The 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 point scar the point scoring cards at the end are what I'm not necessarily sold on. I haven't had many plays of this, but that's the one stickler for me. Again, uh, like I said, I haven't had right. enough plays to really yeah, and, and I'm sure once you understand the game, you probably know how to kind of manipulate past that or you can try to figure you know figure that out. But yeah, I, uh, that was another game that I did get in at Great Plains Game Festival. I played with uh, Jake and Jordan, a couple of our local listeners. And boy, we flew through it. I bet you we were done in under an hour for a three-player game. Holy cow, yeah, that's great. We just, we just boom, take your turn and go and Good. move, move, move. I that's mean, awesome. it worked really well. Um, so yeah, so Panamax is what I'm going to round out my top four with. See, I thought this would have been on your list, Chad. I, I considered it. Like I said, the only thing that dinged it for me again, I haven't had enough experience. The only thing that dinged it for me were just a couple of things. First of all, I, I would, those, those coins is that on the list. <laughs> no, not the coins. <laughs> I, I really like this game, but there are a couple of things The I don't think the rule book was great. Number two, those cards we just talked about. And number three, I would never play it at two. So those combined things pushed it down further on my list. It was still on my list, but it pushed it down further on my list where something like Clinic, where I hadn't even had a complete full play yet, I could see the potential. More there. your, yeah, more more your more stuff. My yeah, thing. Absolutely. But it's still a great game. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Chad, what are, you got a couple others that were, were close for you? Well, I just wanted to bring up, there were a bunch on this on this year that were great games a that either i just didn't get to yet in my list or here's a bunch that i i really want to play but haven't yet i mean mm. three kingdoms redux which is a capstone game which is a worker placement tug, I, tug and pull back and forth i really want to play that one i had that it's on my list i've only gotten in one play of it um and it was late at night at a con and i you know was pretty tired by that point so i i didn't 
you know, use it in my top four simply because I want a few more plays of it. And I think actually Richie and I have maybe have a plan to try to get this in at some yeah. point here. Well, let me know, um, please, because I want to so, play this too. I want in on this. Uh, well, you're going to be the fourth man out, but we'll get you in on another game. So okay. uh, our, our friend Corey has asked to play this specifically. So that's that's why. Oh boy, Chad's looking at me with. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that is not, this is not a five games for Doomsday episode. <laughs> you, you know what? Forget Corey. Corey can't be, can't be counted on to play an 18xx coin. Oh, game. Forget Corey. Boy, bitter, bitter, bitter. Yeah, Corey, Anyways, Corey's yeah. Out. So I could see this jumping up into my top four for sure. So what else did you have? Versin das Volk. Which is a God bless you. <laughs> which has been touted, you know, as a as a really great game that I, I would just I would love to to play that at some point. Another one that just got uh, a pre release or a pre order from Capstone Games, Irish Gage, and I yeah. ordered that, so I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I'm excited to, and that that's that's a release from this year as well. And then two two really great two player games. Patchwork is a mainstay around our house. I mean, it's a lighter game. Yep. It's a great mainstay, as is Akrotiri, I think. So I thought this would be on your list of your top four. I thought Akrotiri would would possibly make it. I wrote it down as a possibility for you. I was I didn't think Richie would quite hit there, but I no, thought it was it's a possibility. Lower. And I actually had thirty one games that I had on this list. I, um I, would you say just in just your writing down that two thousand and fourteen was a better year than 2013. I mean, it's been so long since it's I've done. It's hard that. to say. 2013 is pretty good too. But it there is. were there were a lot of a, a lot, lot of, of good really games. good games. You know, where some some years you have the top ones are just awesome, and then eh, so so. There were a lot of really good games Ooh. this year. Yeah, but I would say there's three games that were in my top ten that didn't get mentioned, and that was Five Tribes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dead of Winter, and then Dogs of War. Okay. Which are yeah. the three that didn't get mentioned that were in my top ten. And like I said, I've got a ton of games on here. It's a, it was a good year. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we we talked about, I think we talked about Star Realms last last time when we were talking about games. We talked about Castles of Mad King Ludwig because we did the BGG thing. Yep. And uh, Alchemists. All Alchemist of those are, on? again, 2014 yeah. games. Uh, not to mention, you know, it's a little light, but Istanbul, which is one of the, you know, Right, yeah, a huge game was was from that year. Uh, let's yeah. say in Sheriff of Nottingham, which is one of my favorite party games. Yeah. Right, so uh, diamonds, go. the trick taking game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that was another one, and then a couple. Well, Stoffer Dynasty, that's one that we've really enjoyed. That was from that. Yeah, year. it's on my. It's way low on my list. Yeah, but yes. I agree. And I still like Deus. So, and that was I was just about to say. And Deus was on my list. And honestly, that would, if one of those other things would have gotten taken, I would have had Deus on there. I think that is a perfect little engine building game yes. that has a little bit of area control in it. Um, it can end a little bit quick if certain scenarios happen, which is one thing that's a little bit of a downfall That is of the it. sticky part with right. it. But. but otherwise, I mean, if you get a nice, good back and forth uh, game of it, 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 it can really, really flow and, and be a great game. So, All right. Well, as always, we are going to put our lists up on the guild in uh, Board Game Geek. That is guild 3227 and we will let you vote for our our lists and say who you think did it better all right so it has been a year we're going to try to do these look backs as much as we can so one year ago we reviewed heaven and ale so let's go to a segment that we are tentatively calling punch board previous plays
So one year ago today, we reviewed Heaven and Ale from Eggert Spiel and Michael Kiesling and Andreas Schmidt. I Do we just want to run over? We'll just say what our ratings were from last year, and then we'll go around the horde and see if anybody has changed in any way. So, so I started, I had it at a four, and I think I said something like it would be close to a five. Well, Richie and I got in a play of this the other day, and whew, I was we're kind of bad at it because we hadn't done yeah. it in a while, <laughs> but I still loved that tension feeling of going around that board and that rondelle and, oh, if I don't get to that, are they going to be able to get there? Do I jump ahead to grab it? Which is a mechanic that I really, really enjoy. Um, this is definitely has not dropped. I don't think it's moved up to a five yet because I've only played it once since our review. Now that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the game. That has to do with the fact that we have a million other games that we're, you know, obviously reviewing for the podcast and for just new games that are coming out. I think an expansion is still supposed to be coming. And I think that expansion will determine whether or not it hops up for a five. But then again, I also will say, as we've kind of redefined our punch board rating scale since then, I would say this is definitely a game that would make my top 10 of the year in most years. So if I really am thinking about it, I guess I would say it's probably a five. Possibly, you know, it could be a higher five with the expansion coming out. But I can't imagine this game not hitting a top 10 of the year for me in most years. So I'm going to say it's a five. Going five? Yeah, I think I'm going to move it up to a five. I wasn't, but now I am. I've talked myself into it. All right. Well, (laughs) Richie, you got that play in. What do do you say to this? And I've played it uh, a few times since we reviewed it. It looks like I I got in three plays. But yeah, that the one that we just played was my most recent one. And the other ones were closer to the actual time that we reviewed it. But yeah, for me, I know I, uh, I said there was potential to be a six. If we got an expansion, we don't have an expansion yet. So it's still five for me. I think I'll stay there. Yeah. I, I really want to see that expansion. So, you know, Mike get on it. <laughs> oh, what, what are you, Richie? I would want to know. You have Riverboat still, right? The other Keysling from this this year. Yes, I do. And so, how would you? I mean, I know you've. We didn't do a formal review, but I'd I'd like to know where this might sit in relationship to Riverboat for you. I've I've had the one play, and I I enjoyed my play of Riverboat, but I'd, I'd be interested in seeing how that relates for you. I still like it. I think Riverboat is is definitely easier to teach, especially non gamers. Like I've played one of the plays that I had was a four-player game, and two two of them, they, they weren't really gamers of uh, Heaven and Ale. And that was tougher for them, because the the strategy in that, and it, me and Clef just discovered this again, you know, when we just played it, it's tough. Because, I mean, it was, I was close to scoring zero in that game. And yeah. I barely got my last resource up. And I, it's just, it's been so long that I really, the whole strategy part of that game is just lost to me. Uh, whereas Riverboat, it makes more sense. Uh, and it is a lot more straightforward. So I think they, and that's why I, I still have both of them because I think they they can serve a different purpose. But yeah, I, I like I still like Riverboat, and you know I would play either one of them really. Okay. All right, Chad. So you had it at a three, which was the lowest of all of us. What say you now? Well, I will be honest. I tried and tried to get in another play of this, and I I just couldn't manage it. Steph has not been up for games recently, and we've been busy playing some of the other stuff for reviews, and so I I haven't... You guys got to sneak off a a play of this, and I did not, so I haven't played it since. I have to admit that when I was 
thinking about playing it. I was thinking of it more as a thing that I needed to do rather than wanted to do. So I don't think my score is going to change when I look back on it. And I, I still have it on my shelf. I probably, Clef, I probably need to think about selling it to you at this point since you don't have it and you're and you're excited about it. So yeah. I would gladly buy this off of you. 100%. Okay. Well, then we'll 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 take a look at that. But I, what I wanted to say about it is I. I think you're right. What this does well is that tension around the board. For me, though, I would rather play Kraftwagen. It doesn't quite have the tension that Heaven and Ale does, but it still comes close to me and has mechanisms in it that I liked more than the rest of the mechanisms in Heaven and Ale. So uh, that's that's what I would pick over Heaven and Ale. And again, I know that the tension isn't quite there in Croftwagen like it is in Heaven and Ale, but I like the other mechanisms in there more than I like the the tile laying and, and stuff that's in Heaven and yeah, Ale. So fun. for me, it's going to stay at a three. If you guys wanted to play it, I'd say, okay. Uh, but I don't need to hang on to my copy. All right. So uh, you heard it right here. Chad's selling it to me for $10. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Wait a minute. All right. That's our Punchboard previous plays. Let's go to our feature BGG Top 100 Countdown. have started this uh, segment a few episodes back where we have been just going through uh, 10 games that are on the top 100 list each uh, episode. So we've already now done 100 through 81. And so now we are ready for 80 to 71. And we should say, too, that we froze it in time when we started doing this. So they're not going to be the way that you're going to see them necessarily right right now if you look at it. We kind of took a snapshot of it and saved it when we first started doing this because we knew that that would change a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, because it would. And then we might be having to talk about the same game. Um, But uh, number 80 on the list. I think uh, maybe somebody around here has played this and quite enjoys it. That is... Liz Boa. Chad, who's that by? Um, that would be Ian O'Toole. Oh, and Vitel Lacerda. <laughs> I mean. Uh, if Ian no. O'Toole ever started designing games, too. Oh, boy. It's Vitel Lacerda, and, and I really love this game. I love, I, I think, actually, that this is one of the best examples of a rule book, actually. Eagle Griffin Games, by the way, uh, produced this one. And I honestly do. I It has all the mechanisms in there and it then it gives in different colors it gives the reasons and the history so that it if you are somebody that is inclined to read that, it can help you remember some of the mechanisms and the reasons for doing what you're doing. So I, I love this rule book in addition to so many other things, and it's one of my top games, Lisboa. Yeah. Uh, Richie, you've played it a few times. Just the one play. Just, Just that one, one play with you. Yeah, okay. I, have, I haven't gone back for more. It's not... I didn't dislike the game. I enjoyed the play. It just was not at the top of my list of Lacertas. Yeah. I think for me, and I've I've played it seven times, so I've been, I've gotten in quite a bit. It's just one of those games that's really hard to bring out to new players because it's a teach. I mean, whether or not Lacerda wants to try to tell you, oh, you just play a card, take an action, and draw a card. Yeah, well, let's talk about those 50 different things you do when you play a card and where you can play it too. And, you know, there's just a lot going on. It's still a great game. I mean, there is no doubt about it. I, this is a great, great game, and it's definitely never leaving my collection. I'll, I'll tell you that much. So, all right, uh, let's move on to number 79. Uh, Richie, I'll let you talk about this one. 
<laughs> Am I the only one that's played this one? You are. I, oh, I, would, okay. I would play it because from what I've heard, it, Pandemic Iberia is one of the better pandemics, and I, I'm interested in it, but you're the one who's played it, so talk about it. Yeah, so Pandemic Iberia, Matt Leacock, and Z-Man Games, and yeah, I would definitely say that it is one of the more enjoyable versions of the game. This was the first, because uh, they're doing a whole series where wherever they have the 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 world tournament for that year, they're making the game based off of that. And I would say that this is probably the best one that I've played so far. But yeah, I mean, it is Pandemic, though. If you know how to play Pandemic, you know how to play this. So, so what's different? Because I obviously know how to play Pandemic, but what makes this one different? Uh, you can build rail lines and you have harbors that you can uh, sail in and out of. Uh, it's just a little bit more difficult. And they have a couple different variants in there that make it interesting compared to just a you know base Pandemic. So I, I don't think you would like it, Clef. It, it is pandemic. I, know, I, I understand. I was kind of curious on what made you like it. So you like it's a little bit tougher. It's a little bit tighter. Yeah, it's so a little just... tighter, a little tougher. Okay. And uh, the, the player powers are a little different. They still have the, like, the medic, the scientist, you know, roles like that. But the other roles in there are interesting. I think I might enjoy maybe playing Pandemic more with you guys. No. If, nope. Uh, <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. I think I would enjoy it more if there weren't 300 other games that I would rather play with you. I think that's the thing. If I had a group that just really liked that type of game, I think I could possibly enjoy it with them if that's what they really wanted to play. But I don't want to waste my time playing with you guys. Another group. (laughs) Well, probably. All right, moving on. So, all right, number 78 is Kemet. Richie. Solid. This is our the first game we play together, Clef. Oh, it is. That's oh right. my goodness, that's right. And I remember <laughs> you had like all the tiles, like in like uh, sleeves, that's and you weird. had that was at my house. Now yes. I remember. I forgot yeah. that that was the first time you guys had met. Oh, and this is by right. Jacques Berriot, Guillaume Montiage, and Madigo Games. But yeah, I re- that's so funny to think about because now that brings back yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. Aww. And you were the one that requested the game, which is also funny. <laughs> that, is, that is funny because we had Vincent on that play too. Yeah, I, and yeah. I I was. I was probably the most lukewarm on the game. I'd still, I'd still play that game, but I enjoy Kimmet. I think it's actually a fun little game. You know, it's obviously, you know, not normally my style, but I do like the fact that your combat is predetermined on what you want to do. It's not a lucky roll of a die. You're using those cards, and you always have to put, you know, take two of them out of your deck, so you you can get worse and worse options as you go along. So sometimes you know to attack somebody who only maybe has a couple of cards if they played their good cards already. So there's a little bit more st- strategy to it. I feel like in that game, um, yeah, I just enjoy that mechanism a lot. And I love the the power tiles in there, which are essentially asymmetric player powers that you can buy on your turn. So you can get yourself a you know a giant scorpion, which is what I almost always go after because I'm attacking usually in that game. <laughs> well, it doesn't Dick pay Shopper. to be turtling in that game you it it right. encourages you to attack and that's right, exactly. fine i get that, that um, and that's what you'd want i think if you're going to play a game like that then you you want something that makes you attack right but i that that's my favorite part of the game is that is that building so to speak building your asymmetry throughout the game and you, this this is what i do best this is what you do best right sort of thing is is what's interesting about it yeah absolutely. And, I, and i did pick up the seth expansion so, which turns it into a one versus all. I haven't played it yet, but Ooh, I definitely want to try that. Fun, Richie versus us. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I can handle that. Yeah. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> all right, next we've got number seventy-seven, Crokinole. 
So I think we've all played it. That's your favorite game, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'll say this about the game. It's fine. It's, you know, it's entertaining. You know, you flick a disc and you're trying to knock the other players out of it if you don't know anything about this game. And it's, you know, it's fine. It's a nice little fun dexterity type of, and I think the best way, at least I've found, is to play it in teams. Like, so you're playing two on two type of thing. So you got your partner, you're trying to do it. And it has some great stand-up moments of, you know, you hit the perfect shot and it, you know, has everything great. But at the end of the day, I mean, just kind of flicking discs into the middle of a circle. I mean, I don't know, kind of gets the samey after a while. I am surprised that, that it's this high on the top 100 because it, it, it is just a dexterity game. But the people that love it really love it. Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of people where that's one of their either number one or number two game for for some people, and I and I get that. I'm never going to invest the the money in in a table like that. I certainly appreciate the people that do, and some of those are beautifully crafted. I, yeah. I love looking at them and and playing on them too. But I I kind of and maybe this for some people is bordering on sacrilegious, but I I sort of see it like darts. You know, like it's that kind of thing to sit down and have a beer and play across from somebody, kind of like like darts and so it it fulfills a different space in Mm -hmm. board gaming for me in that respect right and so usually when i want to play a board game i want to like really think through stuff that don't get me wrong i i have some dexterity games that i really like that are kind of silly but for whatever reason this feels like a go to a bar jump up and down you know say in your face and you you hit a thing and that's what it feels like uh at at the uh across the board atb con that they had this was like the game of the con. I mean, everybody was just, you know, enthralled with this game. I think uh, Brandon from the Brawling Brothers brought this game up, you know, and everybody just went crazy for it. So then one of our local listeners, Andy, he's a big woodworker guy, you know, the guy who made our dice trays. He went out and started building his own boards. And then uh, Jake Clark, one of our other listeners, I mean, he went out and I don't even know how much this board cost him, but like this has got like, it's got like blue highlights and like a, or like a, the rim or whatever. I mean, just this, I mean, it's beautiful. I, not from, you know, I'm never going to spend that type of money, but yeah, for the people that love it, I think Jake said he's played something like 300 games of Crokinole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. it's one of those that, you know, you can get, you can get like True. darts. You can get a lot of people to play. Here's how, here's yeah. how you play. Easy Sit to play. down. Let's play. A lot of people love it. Yep. yep. All right. Moving on. Uh, number 76 dead of winter a crossroads game is that just the basic dead of winter yes is that what it's called it is by isaac vega and plaid hat games i believe yeah chad you've chad you've played it Uh, i have and in fact i still own this game um it fulfills that hidden trader niche in my collection i don't this is not a game that i'm going to play all the time but there are certain I've held on to it because I have some friends that are dead of uh, dead of winter. They're Walking Dead fans, and this uh-huh. is sort of like Walking Dead, the board game with these sure. actual crossroad cards that are that are a- added story elements. And I have had a couple games where it's come down to the wire, and somebody stands up and they messed it up for everybody, and they were the traitor right at the last moment. There have been some really good plays of it, but it can definitely outstay its welcome too. So. Mm-hmm. It's a game that I'll, I'll keep in my collection, but it does not get played very much. Richie, have you played this one? I have, and I I love it, and I am a Walking Dead fan. And but it, yeah, it does does not get played a lot in my house either. And I couldn't tell you why. It's every game that I've played of it, I've enjoyed. But there's usually, I don't know. It's usually like if a new player gets that trader card, it does make it tough because it is a longer game. It's not like the Resistance where yep it's over quickly. It's it is a longer game. You have to play it right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that's why. Yeah, uh, actually, pretty much when I f- this was pretty close to when I started getting into the hobby and 
I saw this game, and once again, I'm a Walking Dead fan, so I thought this would be awesome. And I played quite a bit of it uh, when I first was in the hobby. I think now it's kind of past where it's not a game that I would, you know, really enjoy to play. But, uh, I mean, I think it's a solid game. And I think if anybody who likes those type of games, it's a good one, definitely. I think they did a good job with it. All right. So number 75 is Dominion from Donald X Vaccarino and Rio Grande Games. You guys, do you, either of you own Dominion? I don't. I used nope. to, but um, yeah, I bought I bought Dominion and Seaside for like twenty bucks when I was first getting into the hobby, just from a like a little garage sale type deal, and played it a couple times. It's, I mean, it's you know the grandfather deck building, so yeah, it's, it is the originator, originator, yeah. progenitor. Um, I, back when once again when I first getting kind of into the hobby, uh, a friend of mine, John Davis. This is one of his, if it's not his favorite game, it's definitely one of his favorite games. And I mean, he instantly would have every single expansion or whatever, and he we used to play it a lot. So I've I've played it a lot. Um, you know, it definitely, I'm, once again, I'm not a huge deck building fan. And I think the biggest problem that I had with this game is that sometimes, especially if you're playing like three or four players, it would take a long time sometimes to get back to your turn because if you got these people, especially if they're sitting there thinking and trying to decide what they're doing, and then you start getting those chains of going, you know, like, oh, I'm going to play this and draw two cards and get another action. I'm going to play this and draw two cards and get another action. You can really start to have some long turns. And so once again, I hate that in games. I don't like it when it's, you know, five minutes plus before it gets back to me on a turn. So I think that's where it kind of soured a little bit for me. I think that this is one of those games that, if you have every expansion up to now, it's still a deck builder that is can be really great if you really if you like deck building. But if you don't and you just have the first few, it's kind of like there are other deck builders out there that have have done what this what what this does. Now now the newest expansions I can't speak to, but I know that the people that really still like it, they get really excited for every new expansion because it really does does change some of that stuff. But. That's just too many expansions for me. It's a lot. It's a lot. Because <laughs> you have to get a special. I've seen those like special like art cases where they yeah. put all of them in there. That's just too much. Well, I did, uh, I, and I'm sorry, but I cannot remember what guest it was that was on Ben's Five Days for Doomsday. They picked this as one of the games to go with with all the expansions. I was like, okay, that made sense because <laughs> yeah. you certainly would want a lot of variety, and if you only had five games left, so. that's right. Yeah. All right. So uh, number seventy four, Pandemic. So this is the granddaddy of them all for the co-op games are really kind of one of the most popular co-op games of all time i, I mean assume. it produced i mean even he, he's obviously this is from matt leacock and zima mm. but he produced a lot of offshoots of pandemic but there are a lot of co-op games that that produce this copied him and produced that uh beat the deck sort of system you know drawing the mm. cards is the right. is the ai for the the game and you know, beat the deck. So, I mean, it was kind of when it first came out was quite the quite the thing. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's a great gateway game. It's you know, it's, since it's cooperative, it's easy to get non gamers into it, and you you know, you, it definitely has earned its title as a you know one of the the better gateway games out there. Well, yeah. it lights a fire for some people, and they're just like, oh my gosh, this is board games. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's obviously. I mean, if you know anything about uh, you know Rado and his you know, experience. I mean, this is the game that kind of got him into modern gaming. So, I mean, for that, uh, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely not 
for me necessarily, but if you, if you like these type of co-op type of games, it's a great one for sure. I think 73 is for you. Yes, yeah, 73 is definitely for you. Why don't um, you introduce I'm, us to 73? I'm going to go uh, get a drink of water, guys. I'll be back in a few minutes. You guys go ahead and have a good time. <laughs> 73 is Root from Cole Worley and Leader Games. And we we reviewed Root previously. so What we did? Yep. <laughs> I remember it well. I think you do too. <laughs> the, I, the expansion just wrapped up last night. Yeah, they got they made almost two million, yeah. like one point seven five. Wow, I think. that's yeah. awesome! Yeah. That's it is. Awesome. It is. And I have that backed. So uh, when that gets in, Clef, we we can get in another game. I'm in. <laughs> um, I think I'm washing my hair that day. <laughs> we won't say too much about it. You can listen to our review, but I still think no matter what you think of how you feel about the game, it's a really smart design. I I I got to give it credit just for that. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on. 72, we have Star Wars X-Wing Miniatures game. Has anybody played it? Uh, during the, like, couple of years ago, Amazon had a glitch sale, like, for Black Friday, and this was ringing up at $0. So I bought it for $0, and I oh. sold it for $25. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's your only... That's my only experience with this game. Okay. Level 25 complete. Yes. <laughs> Very well done, sir. Chad? I have not. You know, mm. this might be a game if I if I knew what it was and knew it a little bit better that, that Finn would like because he likes those head-to-head two-player games where he yeah. has a chance to kind of kick my rear in. He probably could for this, but I've never played it. Um, no, I've, I have uh, one of our local listeners, uh, Serge. He, this, he played this game a lot, and I know he said that at some point, you know, he would show it to me. Um, I think he said at one point it was a pretty big money pit. It's very similar to a like a Magic the Gathering type yeah, of thing. It's more of a get, lifestyle game, right? Right, exactly. So once you get into it, I mean, you're having to buy every little different ship and this and that and type of thing. And but, now, and within the last year, they've changed the system around a little bit. So they totally changed the the system from what I hear. So hmm, okay. you bought all that stuff. It's kind of different now. But All right, well, anyway. hey, one out of the this 10, none of us have played. That's not too bad. So because, well, because uh, number 71... We have definitely played. Chad and I definitely both like it, and Richie's just wrong. So uh, number 71 is Trajan by Stefan Feld. Yeah, Stefan Feld and... Uh, Hooch? Hutch? Huck. 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 Hooch? Huck? Hooch? Huck. Huck. Hoochie Huck. <laughs> yeah, Huck I games. should never pronounce any if That's I was right. It's entertaining. So uh, Trajan was at the top of my favorite Felds when we did our, our Feld draft a few episodes ago. Go ahead and check that out, but... Uh, Great, great game. Yeah, absolutely. I don't mind that it is many, many games sewn together. Yeah, and no, works good. You know, you were talking about Gold West, by the way, and I liked Gold West, but when when I played it, I was surprised for some reason because it also had the Mancala in it. I wanted it to have a little more of the tension that Trajan had, and it, that's not the game it is, and that's okay. Right. Right. But I, I just wanted a little. Not to say I didn't like Gold West, but in my head I had built it up to, oh, you know, I, I I'm vying for this before you get it, and sort of, and it doesn't have that as much. It's its own thing, and and I enjoyed it. Right. Don't get me wrong, but you know, that's what's delicious. It's more about. of a filler where this is more of a main course type yeah. of thing. Yeah I, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So, but it's better than Forum. So I'll say that. <laughs> All right, that that will end our eighty through seventy-one. Uh, so now, what we always like to do is we just say, "What do we think our favorite out of these ten 
would be chad i'm gonna let you start on this one what would be your favorite out of these 10 oh, i mean that's, i guess i don't everybody knows it. that it's it's lisboa because it's so high it's one of my top games so yeah. lisboa is is a no-brainer for me all right well i don't think mine's a no i think mine's pretty much a no-brainer also uh mine's gonna be trajan uh, it's definitely my favorite out of these 10 uh just love that Moncala and all those different little little mini games it's it's definitely my favorite so i think the biggest question would be what is richie's out of this top 10 because there's some games that i think is really up richie's alley here well one of them's in my top 10 of all time which is kemet yeah, so that would be would okay over, right. i mean it root has the possibility to get up there up with there the expansions but yeah. But yeah, I mean, Kimmy, you get the giant scorpion, you get all those other monsters in the game, and you can't beat that. And um, it also feels like a nice hybrid. It's like a Euro yeah. war game, whereas Root right. is more like a war game, war game, war which game, is fine. Game. But right. I can see where that mix hits Richie's sweet spot. All right. So next time we will go through 70 through 61 and keep on moving. And the other thing that you guys can look forward to, listeners, I can't call you by your given names yet but <laughs> pp heads no, until I'm we not, figure it no, out no no no, 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 no it's no. not uh but another thing you can look forward to is our review next time of arkwright from capstone games oh yeah i'm ready for that speaking of which we're just going to sign off because we're getting to the table we're going to play arkwright so we're, yep. we're gonna go play arkwright right now y'all thanks for it's listening up. let's get it going and we hope you have a great night all right everybody have a good one thanks for listening